This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Y'all glad to be here this morning? Again, more officially, we want to just welcome everyone that's watching us by internet today. You know, the Bible says this is the day the Lord has made for us to rejoice. Amen? And be glad in it. So thank God for every day that we have in Him. It's just one day closer to His return. Jesus is coming again. You know, the angel said, this same Jesus, which you've seen taken up into heaven, will return in like manner as you have seen him go. Praise God. And then the Bible says that you and I are going to be caught up. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to be caught up in the clouds, you know, with those that are the dead in Christ that rise first. We're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now listen to this. And it says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I tell you what, praise God, child of God, you got something to look forward to. Are you listening to me? Somebody invites you to go out for dinner some night, you know, and you're going to go eat prime rib. You can get excited about it, but I'm telling you what, this is a whole lot better than all that. Amen? I mean, it is literally out of this world. Praise God. So thank God we've got something to look forward to uh, in his return. But he said to occupy till I get there. Amen. In other words, do your business, live for me, be a witness, reach as many people as you can with the gospel, bring them into the sheepfold, into the family of God, so that they'll wind up in heaven and not in hell. Because the Bible makes it clear that there is a heaven to gain, a hell to shun. You know, now some people, you know, universalists and different people like that think that everyone's going to be saved at some point or another, but that's not what the Bible teaches. I said, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But those who reject him will not. So thank God we have the privilege of being able to know him and to love him, to follow him, and to look forward to his coming again. Amen. How many are excited about that proposition? Let's do all we can, you know, while we have the opportunity to reach people with the with the gospel message, the message of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And let's let the love of God compel us or constrain us to reach out into their lives. I was just talking to a um, uh, family member here um, just not too long ago. And, um, you know, I just thought to myself, man, they need Jesus, you know. Of course, we know that. And uh, so I just decided, you know what? Somebody needs to tell them about, you know, the plan that God has for their life so they can be born of the Spirit of God, make heaven and miss hell. Amen? You know, there are a lot of good folk out there. They just don't know. I said, they just don't know. I didn't know, you know, as a teenager. I grew up in a mainline denominational church. I thought, you know, I had everything I was supposed to have, but I didn't have nothing. They said, well, you've been baptized in water and you attend the church and this and that and the other. If you get confirmed, you'll be, you'll be good. Well, I can tell you right now, I could have went and done all of those things, and I would not have been good. And the reason simply is because I had never given my heart to Jesus Christ. I never repented of my sin. You know, the Bible says everyone, all, have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And it's not our performance, it's not our works 
that bring us into the family of God. It's believing on Jesus. The Bible says that it is by His grace that you and I are saved through faith. And that salvation is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Thank God for the salvation that Jesus came to give us. Amen? We owe Him our lives, everyone. Your life is not your own. The Bible says that you've been bought with a price. Therefore, you are to glorify God, not only in your body, but in your life. Praise God. So it is our reasonable service, amen, to worship the King and to honor Him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Glory to God. Such splendor, such glory, such blessing, praise God, belongs to those who know Him and love Him and walk in the light. Glory to God. So anyway, praise God. Sermon number one. How about that? Glory to God. That's the appetizer. So I hope you enjoyed that. Let's get to the main entree here. Did y'all bring a Bible with you? Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you can find that opening in your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and bow our heads. Let's pray. I just want you to prepare your hearts today, and let's, let's, let's be determined, praise God, I'm going to receive something from heaven today. Heavenly Father, we love you. Glory to God. Thank you for your blessing, Father. As we come together today in the name of Jesus, you said that you're in our midst. So again, Father, I want to thank you for having graced us here today. I pray, Father God, that you'll speak to men and women's hearts about your plan for their lives. I thank you, Father, for helping them to have eyes to see and ears to hear. I thank you, Lord God, that whatever is necessary within their lives to make the necessary corrections or adjustments, Father, that they'll do just that, so that their lives may be enhanced, so that their their life and the lives of those around them may be blessed. Father God, you came, you sent Jesus to bless us. And Father God, he did so in the removal of our sin. So help us to walk within the light of your redemption, that which you provided for us as children of God. And God, I just thank you for the strengthening, enabling ability of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Praise God. Glory to God. Notice with me, if you would, in chapter 13, verse 13, it says, and now abideth faith hope, the King James uses the word charity or love, but it says the greatest of these is, again, charity or love. Back further up in this chapter, the Apostle Paul said in verse 8 that charity or love never, everybody say never, never fails. Isn't that an interesting thought? Love never fails. You know, sometimes in our personal life, uh, people may take advantage of us or they may say, speak something uh, disparagingly of us. But you know, if we'll learn to walk in love, praise God, even though in that moment, it doesn't appear that we're winning, the fact of the matter is, is if we respond in a biblical kind of way or a godly kind of way, that at the end, we will win. How many of you believe that? Well, think of it this way. Think about the Lord Jesus. Think about the fact that God sent his son into the world. The Bible says God so 
loved the world that he gave. Love finds its expression in giving. Now, if you live in a selfish world or if you're a selfish person, then love probably isn't going to be the, you know, the prevailing word within your life. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that in the Bible? Okay. Well, uh, you know, uh, as Jesus came into this earthborn existence, he ministered for three and a half years from the age of 30 till approximately 33 and a half before he went to the cross. Well, when he went to the cross and he laid down his life, did you know that Jesus gave his life? They did not take it from him. He laid his life down. If I were a Roman soldier in a garden called Gethsemane, and a guy spoke and I ended up on my rear end on the ground, I would have second thoughts about what I did to that person. But he laid his life down. He gave his life. And as a result, they crucified him. They killed him. Well, in that moment of this expression of his giving his life, in that moment, it did not appear at least that love was going to win. When they put him in that grave, they thought that their hopes and everything about them were dashed, did they not? But guess what? God did something. Three days later, he raised Jesus from the dead. And then, of course, praise God, the party was on. Now, it took them a little while to get their head wrapped around what, what, what had happened, but my point to that is to simply say that there are times in your lives when you make the decision that you're going to take the high road and you're going to love as Jesus loved, and in that moment, it might appear that you're losing. In other words, well, you know, if I were you, I wouldn't take that, or, you know, I'd stand up for myself, or, you know, these different kinds of expressions. And I'll just say, you know, sometimes, praise God, just like the Bible says, a soft answer turns away wrath. You know, there are a lot of uh, unhappy people in the world today, a lot of mad people, hatred. Oh, boy, you see it everywhere. Boy, I mean, they, they have, quote, unquote, an axe to grind. Well, you know, it's important for the child of God to learn and not be ignorant of the devil's devices because most often those things are nothing but a trap. Everybody say trap to get you involved in. One time my wife and I were just talking here recently about something, you know, I can't remember uh, the nature of it or whatever, you know, and, and, um, and as we were discussing this, all of a sudden she just was very quiet and uh, didn't say anything. And then she said, you know what? That sounds to me like a trap. And I said, you're right. Let's move on. Praise God. So there are certain things, you know, the Bible says, again, that we're to be wise as serpents, yet harmless as doves. Isn't that right? So again, the Apostle Paul said that love never fails. Glory to God. And I don't know about you. I mean, doesn't everybody want to win in life? Huh? Don't you want to win in life? Don't you want to have good success? Praise God. I think it's inherent within every man, woman, and child to experience the blessing of God. And when I say that, I'm just talking about living a life that's meaningful, that there's fulfillment in what it is that you're doing. And not only that, but you're living a life that is pleasing to God, that you don't have a bunch of fighting, and you don't have arguing, and that you don't have, you know, all of this stuff that people are living with. I mean, in many people's lives, that is constant, 
And Jesus came to redeem us from that. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Praise God. So we all want to win, but pursuing a lifestyle of biblical love, sometimes it's the last thing that people think of when it comes to how they can experience that reality. They say, well, you got to stick up for yourself. You know, you can't let them be doing that. Don't let them use you as a rug, you know. Well, all of those things, they may have their appropriate place, but we still need to learn how to walk and live and do and speak as Jesus, are you with me, would have us to, because praise God, that's where the victory is. Glory to God. So <clears throat> when, when, when uh, Jesus made this statement to me, or to me, yeah, when he said this to me, you know, I was just talking with him lately. But anyway, he said, he said, this is my commandment that you love one another. Matter of fact, let's look at that together. Turn to John chapter uh, 13, John's gospel, chapter 13, and verse 34. We used this as our text last week. But again, Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another. Glory to God. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. So Jesus gives us a, what is it? A, a, what is it called? A what? A commandment. Not a suggestion, but a commandment. In other words, he's saying, let me, let me show you or tell you how to do life and do it successfully. I command you to love one another as I have loved you. Now, the reality is, as we'll learn going on in our, our message this morning is, is that your ability to love as Jesus loves is impossible without being born of the Spirit of God. You know, there's a natural human love. You know, people say, well, I'll love you as long as you love me. But if you stop loving me, man, I'm out. You know, I didn't sign up for that. And, you know, whatever they say. But I tell you, the love of God, praise God, is constant. It never fails. There's an unconditional quality that, that carries with it um, the ability to love the unlovely, praise God, to not reciprocate the same kind of a response. And the only way that you can do that is if the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. But we'll talk a little bit about that as we go. But the point I wanted to make here early on is, is that, you know, <clears throat> living a life of love is an act of faith. What do I mean by that? Well, Jesus gave us the commandment to, to love one another, right? So I'm going to have opportunities in my life not to want to love like he asked me to love. Am I in the right house? So the only way that I'm going to be able to do that is I have to look back to what it is he asked me to do. And again, as an act of my faith, faith being, you know, I believe what he said. I believe that, you know, doing what he said is right, even though I don't feel like it, even though it doesn't look like I should, or any of these other things that we might describe as far as the circumstance that we're in, I'm going to choose or I'm making a decision to do it his way. Because love is a decision. Love is a choice. It's not a feeling. Now, feelings may accompany the decision in the aftermath, 
But many times, you know, when it comes to walking in love, I mean, it's just a decision that you're going to, uh, you know, this is the way I'm going to roll. How many of you ever got uh, in a fight with your uh, spouse? Just me? Huh? Am I the only one transparent here? Absolutely. You know, and of course, you know, a lot of things lead up to that and this and that and the other, you know, and then we behave badly and then we have to repent and then we have to, you know, straighten up, mind the right house. Now, some folks, they don't ever straighten up and that's their, uh, that's really their loss. But the Bible says that you and I are to be imitators of God. Okay? The King James says, uh, be you followers of God as dear children or imitate God. Again, God so loved the world when we were yet without strength, when we were powerless to help ourselves, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't have to do that. And I tell you what, the way that he was, re he, the way that he was treated or mistreated, I mean, Jesus had every right in the world to say, God, um, I don't like this. I'm out. But thank God he didn't do that. I said, thank God he didn't do that. And he responded in love the entire way. That's why when he's sitting down with his disciples before he goes to uh, Golgotha to give his life as a ransom for all of us, he said, I want to give you a new commandment that you love the way that I have loved. And by this, everyone will know you're my disciples. So there is this, this characteristic called love that should exist in the believer's life. Would you all agree? But of course, sometimes we don't always see that manifested. But he said to be an imitator of God and walk in love as God or as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us. So if you're going to win, you're going to have to walk in love. And if you're going to walk in love, you have to give. The Bible says give and it shall be given. You know, we talk about that in the context of money, but you know, you can give love too, huh? You can prefer others above yourself. Are you with me? My wife and I had a ribeye steak the other night, and I preferred her. I got to tell you, it's a little hard because I know the right spot where it's the best. Huh? She says, well, where's the, where's the tenderest part, honey? And, you know, I could have said, over there but I didn't. Why? Because I wanted to have the best, you know, praise God. I mean, it's just, it's just right. It's proper. Isn't that right? Praise God. And so, again, you have to be willing to give. And, and again, you know, a lot of times, let me, let me say this, you know, if you're not born of the Spirit of God, a lot of what I'm asking you to do, you can't do because human nature is selfish. It's only interested in self-preservation, baby, it's all about me, and we see it manifesting itself in a horrendous, horrific kind of way in the world in which we're living. But thank God, listen, the Bible says in the uh, end times that the love of many will grow cold, okay? Well, just because the love of many grows cold, it doesn't mean yours has to. <laughs> Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Just because the love of many grows cold it does not mean that yours has to, okay? You say, yeah, but it's so challenging. Well, you know, think about Jesus. You talk about challenging. He had nobody. 
His disciples were clueless. They couldn't really help him. I mean, he'd, he, he'd brought them together and brought them alongside him so he could take what he had and put it in them. But I mean, when it came to support, I mean, they just, they didn't, they didn't know what was going on. But thank God, you know, when they got saved, turned on to the word, they knew what was going on. Amen. And thank God we're in that same boat and we can do the same thing. But uh, <clears throat> when it comes to walking in love, you guys, the decision that drives the di discipline to love is because, and, and this is what you have to look to, you have to realize, why am I going to do this? Well, we know that the benefit is yours if you do, but at the end of the day, you do it because he first loved you. He first loved you. And if Jesus, the head of the church, the master says, I want to give you a new commandment that you love as I loved you, then if you're going to win in life, then praise God, you're going to have to do it. Because sometimes he said so. Because the object that you're having to love at that moment is not that lovely. Huh? There's something, you know, that is at odds or there's a stick point or whatever. Now, if you want to, you can get real arrogant about it and say, well, I'm just going to love you because the Lord said I had to. Well, we know that whole thing ain't working either. But in the purest of heart, you say, I'm just so sorry. But you know what? Praise God. I'm going to love because this is the way that God would have it for my life. It's so much better. Everybody say it's so much better. It's so much better, praise God. You don't always have to have your way. Hallelujah. Thanks for your enthusiasm on that statement. Praise God. There's risk to walking in love. That's why I said, you know, walking in love is an act of your faith. Praise God. And sometimes, again, you know, you just have to do it because he asks you to do it. And that's not a bad thing. I say it, you just have to. Dude, really, it's an honor. It is your privilege to be able to honor the king with your life. Are you with me? But some people, they don't want to grow up. You know, they don't want to, I'm talking about believers. You know, unbelievers, I get it. They're just out there doing whatever it is they do. But as a child of God, dude, I mean, God has taught you. The Bible says that we are to grow up into him in all things, who is the head, even Christ. Isn't that right? And walk in love toward one another. So it needs to be a pursuit. It needs to be an ambition. How can I be a blessing to someone else today? Praise God. You know, ask yourself that sometimes. So there's risk. I get it. And there's adversities in living the way that Jesus asked us to live. But praise God, there's big rewards too. Amen. The Apostle Paul said, again, love never fails. Never, 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 never fails. Never, 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 never fails. Never, never, never fails. You think about some folks, you know, and they've went through their lives and behaved themselves wisely and loved as Jesus would have them to love and didn't get a lot of reward for it. But I tell you what, praise God, either in this life or the next or both, payday's coming. How many of you believe that? Praise God. So we do what we do to honor the King. Glory to God forevermore. Now, we talked about last week about the characteristics of love. This is in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 13, verses 4 through 8. I'm just going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. It says that love endures long. We're talking about characteristics of love. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Now, it's not in here, but I could add, love says I'm sorry. 
Huh? Love says, I'm sorry, with a genuine sorrow. Not like, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, that went a long ways. <clears throat> it's patient and kind. Love never is envious or boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vain. You know, when I read this, every time I read this, I've been a believer for 45 years, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, i got some work to do. Huh? Never is jealous? Never. Never. Well, anyway. It's not boastful or vainglorious, doesn't display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It's not rude and unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For, again, it is not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Man, I mean, when you get there, that'll, you'll, you'll, you've arrived. Huh? Anybody ever said something to you just kind of, you know, little sharp or whatever, and all of a sudden you're off to the races? What'd you say? <laughs> okay, none of you. All right. Well, anyway, pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice or unrighteousness but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. What's that mean? <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, sometimes when you watch politicians, you know, and some of their behavior, wouldn't, wouldn't you just like to have their head on a platter? Okay, none of you would like that, okay? I'm, like I said, I'm still working, I'm working on my salvation with fear and trembling, okay? But it's another thing to have an empathy for that person who is so corrupt and so vile that you say, oh, God, God, they need you. And you pray for them because they do. You talk about the blind leading the blind. Dude, we got her going on. Are you listening to me? They need your prayers, okay? So that's what love does. Uh, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best in every person. Its hopes are fadeless. Listen, <laughs> while I'm at it, you know, when it comes to this whole politician thing, Stop talking about those matters in your conversations. Just don't even bring it up. And if someone brings it up, change the subject. Because there's no, there is absolutely no profitability in your conversation about that whole situation. You with me? Yeah, but I got to... Yeah, you need another dip. And I'm not talking about the stuff you buy at the store to put in your, between your cheek and gum. Are you with me? Just, yeah, okay. You got it. Praise God. Its hopes are fadeless. Under all circumstances, it endures everything without weakening. Again, love never fails. It never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. It talks about prophecy. It talks about, see, a lot of times, you know, people think that they're so spiritual because a person prophesies. Oh, they're really spiritual. I, I tell you what, I've seen some people prophesy, and they're carnal as all get out. They're a bunch of carnal buckets. You know, and, and we herald them as being some great one. You know, well, whatever it is that, you know, remember, prophecy is inspired utterance. It comes from heaven. It doesn't even have anything to do with them. 
Sometimes you can see people used, you know, of, of God, but their character, well, it just, let's say, needs some help. Am I in the right house? You know, people, they'll, they'll put people up on a pedestal. That's why Paul talked about that. He said, who is Peter? Who's Apollos? Who am I? He said, we're just people that God, you know, chose and anointed. And he said, you know, uh, uh, it's just important, praise God, that one planet and another waters, but it's God that's giving the increase. Now, you may prefer certain speakers, you know, and this and that and the other. I, I think that's all well and good. But a lot of times people put people up on pedestals, and it's a bad thing to do. Okay? You need to keep your eyes on Christ. So anyway, let's go back to our, uh, the verse of Scripture there in John uh, 13 and 34. Notice it says, um, he asked us uh, to love as he loved us. How did Jesus love? Well, he loved us unconditionally. He loved us in our sin. He loved us in our messed upness. You know, so when we're talking about interpersonal relationships or even at home or whatever the case might be, he's asking us to love one another the same way that he did. Amen. And so we can do that, praise God, because of what it is that he did. But he loved unconditionally. He didn't say, well, you know, as long as you're good to me, I'll love you. As long as you do what I want you to do, I'll love you. As long as you say the right things, I'll love you. That's not what Jesus did. There are a lot of mean things that were said to Jesus, and yet he still loved people without judgment, compassionately. You know, he, I think about the woman, you know, that was taken in adultery. What a, what a story. Such imagery. He said, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? And, and she said, no one, Lord. And he says, neither do I. That's the Jesus that we need to know and to appreciate where our lives are concerned. So when we get up on our soapbox and we, by golly, we got it all figured out and we're going to tell everybody where they need to be and what they need to be doing and all this and that and the other I tell you what, I am out. And I run into people from time to time, and it doesn't take but a few minutes, and you can figure out, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. No, nope, I'm out. I'm not other people's judge. You're not other people's judge. Are you with me? Now, thank God for whatever place that maybe you have arrived at in your walk with God. But, you know, the Bible says that we're to walk humbly before our God. Not putting ourselves in a place where we stand in judgment of others. Now, there, the Bible talks about righteous judgment. In other words, you, you, uh, you look at a situation, you assess the situation, you recognize what's going on in the situation, but then you're very cautious about anything that you would say or do to or in that situation because it's not yours to judge. Are you with me? So that's why when James was talking about this thing, he said, let every man be quick to hear, huh? slow to speak. Huh? Quick to hear, slow to speak. Quick to hear, slow to speak. Quick to hear, but slow when it comes to your talking. The love way is the best way. How many of you agree with that? Amen. Praise God. So <clears throat> the, the, the fact is, is that you and I can walk in love, glory to God, because Jesus, or we can, we, can, we can walk, let me say it this way, we can love the way that Jesus loved because his love is in us. 
as a child of God. If you're born again, the Bible says that his love has been shed abroad in your heart by a Holy Ghost indwelling presence. Praise God. So walking in divine love, is it really is an evidence of the new birth. In other words, how do I know a person is born again? The Bible says you'll know them by their, yeah, their fruit and their love. Are you with me? If they're walking, you know, unkindly, I mean, obviously, if a person confesses Christ as Lord, that's great, praise God, but there should be some fruit on the tree. Everybody say fruit. Yeah. And so we'll know them by their love. And when a person is born again, you know, you and I, we receive the very life and the very nature of God. The Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, but he who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Now look at this scripture with me. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 3, the first epistle of John, chapter 3, if you can find that either on your device there or in your Bibles or whatever the case might be, whatever you have. Notice it says here in 1 John chapter 3, we know, hallelujah, I like that, don't you? That's positive. He didn't say, well, you know, our conjecture is, uh, we, we, we think, kind of wondered a little bit about this. No, the or actually the apostle John here says, we know that we have passed from death to life. Why? Because we what? Love the brethren. Praise God. I mean, if we can't love one another in the church, dude, we got problems. Are you with me? (laughs) And unfortunately, a lot of folk can't. That leaves you in a world of hurt, my friend. Praise God. No, it says right here, um, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. So we know that we have passed from death to life. Why? Because we love the brother. Now, of course, he's talking about spiritual death. We pass from spiritual death to spiritual life. And it gives us the ability to love as he would have us to. You know, I don't know what it was like for you. I mean, you can probably attest to this too. But before I knew Jesus... I did not love people. I love them if they love me. But at the end of the day, I'm all about me. Huh? Oh, to be so honest. Huh? But you know, when I got born again, and when the Spirit of God in His presence came into my heart and into my life, all of a sudden, I seen people completely different. How many of you can attest to that? You know, where I was concerned about their salvation. I'd never been concerned about nobody's salvation. I didn't even know there was any salvation to be had. But when I got saved, man, I wanted everybody else to know what it is that I had found. How many of you can attest to that? You know, and so unselfishly, because I wanted them to know, I would share with them. But I was not always, you know, uh, received very well. There was not a necessary positive response to my uh, approaching them and saying, look, you need to be, God has a plan for your life. He loves you. He wants you to, you know, have eternity as your home. And yet, 
as a sinner, you can't go until you make him Lord of your life. People go, I'm out. Time out. No, uh uh-uh, I ain't doing that because I got all this I want to do. I want to live my own life. I'm, I'm my own person. You know, those are all natural things that people do. All the time on the inside, they know that what's being said is true. But they got to come to a place of laying their life down and asking Jesus to save them. Are you with me? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But before, you know, I was just all about myself. I didn't think about anybody else. You know, some people, they grow up in broken homes, and they're mad. And they're just angry. And about everything that they look at, everything that they see, everything they do, they say, you can't trust anybody. I mean to tell you, this, this world's filled with this and that and the other and whatever. And they're just mad and angry. They go through life. And, 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 and that vibe, if you want to call it that, I mean, it, it's like, you know, it shows up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh, but thank God for the love of God. Because praise God, His love never fails. And... Um, You know, so again, the Bible talks about, the Apostle Paul said, the love of God constrains us. What does that mean? It moves us in the direction that we need to go. If we're going to be dominated, if we're going to live by the law of love, if we're going to, then we're going to endeavor to be a blessing to other people. Huh? That's the way that, you know, I mean, the reality is you can't get away from the love of God. Sinners can run, dude, but the love of God, man, I mean, it'll chase them down. When that, when that centurion stood there and watched Jesus die on that cross, he watched love give his life for him. And he said, surely this is the Son of God. Are you with me? It is, it is an incredibly powerful force within our lives. Man, I mean, you can... I, yeah, I, I was going to share this story with you, but I had an, uh, an incident, you know, that... Somebody made reference to a conversation that I'd had with them. And actually, it was my wife and I both. And, and they said, well, you know, when I talk to you, it just makes me feel so good. Well, <laughs> praise the Lord. I, I probably could have went, yes, I know. Praise God. You know, I'm just God's gift to the world, you know. But it wasn't me. It was him in me. It's him in you that makes you beautiful. Are you with me? So, lest you get all, you know, puffed up and saying, bless God, I have arrived. Uh, You might want to think that over a little bit because, uh, (laughs) well, because we know you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Glory to God. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. He makes us a new creation from the inside out, and he makes us beautiful. You know, when I was a kid, 19, 20 years old, let's see, how old are you, Dane? You about 20, 21? 19, when I was Dane's age, and I got saved. I got saved in August of 75, and then when, and then, and then, Truly, God stuck me in a grocery store carrying groceries. You talk about a really prestigious job. (laughs) Carrying groceries out of this place and stick them in in people's cars. And I got to tell you, that that was not the most glorious job I'd ever had. 
But there was a reason that God put me in that store. I tried to get out of it once, made a mess out of things, really bad. You know, ended up getting the job back, said, God, I'll stay here till Jesus comes, you know. Once you go through a bunch of messed upness, you know, you kind of decide maybe he knows more than you do. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But I am in this grocery store, you know, and I got really good at packing sacks. You know, you used to have paper sacks back then, you know. And I mean, man, I could make it happen, you know. You put all the cans and stuff in the bottom, the bread on top, you know, not vice versa, unless you didn't like them. But I'm born again, so I can't do that, you know, hallelujah. But God put me in that, that store as a trophy of his so that the people in that community could see what God can do in a person's life. Because everybody in that community knew me in a different way. And it was not pretty. And all of a sudden, this guy is not the same. Hallelujah. Merle and Mary Avis aren't with us because they're like these snowbirds that feel like they got to go down south. You come back now, you hear? You know? But anyway, Merle um, is a great example of a guy who had totally messed up his life and he was lost and he was, and, and uh, he'd gone away and, you know, but he, he, he was a member of the community, a small enough community, six, seven, eight, nine hundred people, you know, you know everybody. And uh, everybody knew who he was and what he was all about. And I can remember that we took him golfing with us. And we were out on number five or six or seven or whatever. And he got saved on the green, you know, because he needed Jesus. And he knew he needed something. He just didn't know. But he was drawn to us because we'd gotten our lives straightened out. We weren't smoking dope. We weren't bound by alcohol. We weren't doing all these things, you know, and, and all this and that and the other. And love led him to the living Jesus. Well, when he got saved, all of a sudden his whole life changed. Everything changed. Now, I think I can share this and, and not speak out of turn, but one of the things is, is that he had borrowed money from the bank, but he didn't pay it back and he ran off. Guess what? You're not supposed to do that. But you know what happened? That guy got saved. He got turned on to the word and he went back in, talked with the president of that bank and said, I owe you money, and I will pay you back. And he did. Are you with me? You know? And I tell you what, you talk about speaking volumes, that says something. But here's the thing about Merle Avis. If he hadn't gotten saved, he never would have done that. He'd have just said, well, you're out. Hope you, you know, whatever, whatever. If I end up in jail, not a big deal. Are you listening to me? I tell you, love will change your world. If you'll learn to let it dominate your life and, and live in a way, praise God, that is honorable unto, unto our Heavenly Father. So again, if any man's born again, or if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, uh, many of you, you know people that have been born again. When they get born again, they're not the same person. How many of you can attest to that? Huh? Wow. Something's happened there. I'll tell you what's happened. Jesus has happened. You want your messed up life straightened out? Then give your heart to Jesus. You want him to change and transform you from the inside out? Then give your heart to Jesus. If you want to know life and life more abundant, give your heart to Jesus. Don't shuck and jive him because that's what happens all I did the same thing. You know, probably for, I don't know, from the age of maybe, I was probably still 18 until I was 19. I did the same thing. People say, Nan, dude, you need to give your heart to Jesus. And I knew it, but I didn't want to. Why? 
Well, because I might miss out on some fun. I might not be able to do what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. And I tell you what, dude, I mean, <laughs> the everything that I wanted to do was doing nothing but killing, stealing, and destroying my life. What the devil told me was so important didn't amount to a hill of beans. And when I finally got smart enough, got enough word in me, to give my heart to him, my whole life changed. Glory be to God forevermore. So the next time somebody comes up and, you know, gives you a hard time about Bible thumpers and, you know, you got religion and you got all these other kinds of things, man, I'm telling you what, you better pay attention to what Jesus said, not what they say. Are you with me? <clears throat> Some people, they're living a lie. Woo, didn't mean to say that. Yes, I guess I did. They live a lie, you know, and, and, and they, they do their junk, you know, and whatever it is that they do on the weekends or whenever they do it. And then they come all sashaying in, you know, and doing what they do when the church is concerned. Dude, that is not the way this works. And a lot of it, listen to me, a lot of it is because they're too concerned about what other people will think. Now, you may have your own desires, that's one thing, but a lot of times it's social pressure. Well, I don't, you know, I don't want, you know, people to think. Dude, every person that I um, ran with, um, <clears throat> they were my friends, and, and I did care about them, but when I gave my heart to Jesus, I had to make a decision whether I was going to follow him or follow them. So I can either follow life or I can follow death, quite literally death. Are you with me? Most of my friends are dead. I can go down through a list of the people that I used to run with, and they're dead. They didn't live out the full length of their days. Their lifestyles and everything cost them. Are you with me? So if you're concerned about what other people are going to think because you love Jesus, that's the first place to start and say, you know what, I'm done with that. I had to do that with me and you know what they did they forsook me okay all of my friends you know it was this you know I think some of them thought well Calstrip got religion because he's dating that Gouda girl you know well I didn't get religion I got a relationship it wasn't necessarily because of her but see, the thing is, is her, you know, people think in, in reasonable kinds of way, and they say, well, you know, her folks are pillars in the church, you know, and so she's, you know, goody two-shoes, and so now he's going to be whatever. It had nothing to do with any of that. She was just as bad as I was, by the way. <laughs> she just found Jesus a little bit ahead of me. And we walked out our lives together and have been doing so ever since we met him. Are you with me? So love never fails. Tell you want to win in life, you do it the Jesus way. And you may have to, you know, say, you know what? I'm out. And um, I get that. You know, but I'm telling you what, his way is the best way. Are you with me? Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad you came today? You know? So, 
we can see the fruit of a person being born of the Spirit of God. And people say sometimes, you know, they say, well, you know, I know somebody that's born again, but boy, they sure don't act like it. What's up with them? <laughs> well, they haven't grown up yet. Any of you know any people like that? Maybe you'd be one of them. Huh? You know, it's kind of like, yeah, they sure don't act like it. Glory to God. Maybe you live with them. Oh, okay. All right. So you got to say, what, what's the deal? Here's, here's the question I would ask you in that, in that context. Just ask yourself the question, who's in control? Yeah, you can be born of the Spirit of God, but you can still be the most carnal bucket on the planet. Huh? Some people never grow. They never grow up. They're never, you know, um, uh, come to a place of maturity. They never put off the old man and put on the new one. Huh? Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Let's, you know, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. We need it. I've got to come up with something here. Hallelujah. It's getting really quiet. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but see, when you become born again, guess what? It's your responsibility to let the love of God dominate you. It's not God's. He's already gave, gave you his spirit, you know, to dwell in you. Now you're either going to let it dominate you or you're going to let your flesh. Everybody say flesh. <laughs> you're either going to let your flesh be the thing, you know. So uh, <laughs> how many of you have ever asked a question of yourself? You know, you get in a situation, you just need to stop for a minute and say, well, what would love do? Well, I tell you what, love would call them and give them a piece of their mind, your mind or whoever's mind. Well, not necessarily. You know, whenever you get into a situation sometimes, you know, and they're difficult or they're challenging, ask yourself the question, what would love do? We, we, don't, we don't always do that, but I tell you what, praise God, the Bible says that love believes the best in every person. Isn't that right? So at least let's give ourselves a pause. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Y'all doing all right? Just stay with me here for a little bit more, and, uh, and then we'll... Uh, We'll bring this thing to a close. Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Notice with me in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. The Apostle Paul is writing here and under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. In verse 16 he says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not or will not fulfill the lusts or the strong desires of the flesh. How many of you know your flesh has desires? Yeah, absolutely. But he said, walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill them. Now, let me make this statement to you. To walk in the Spirit is to walk in love. Okay? Because as we, if we went on reading, which we will, it says, now the fruit of the Spirit, first one is love joy, peace, and that goes and, nine, and, and names nine different characteristics or fruit. So to walk in the Spirit is to walk in love. Now let me uh, qualify that a little bit because a lot of people have some really mixed up ideas about what it means to walk in the Spirit. Guess what? That does not mean that you are misty-eyed and foggy-headed and you go walking around like, I'm walking in the Spirit. Sometimes, you know, in the midst of battle, and, and, you know, you're just doing what it is that God said do, and you're walking in the Spirit, but there ain't, no, there ain't no, you know, fluff going on here. 
You understand where I'm coming from. I could describe it this way. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll see people, you'll run into them, and they're, they're acting all weird and mysterious. God is not weird. Just thought I'd tell you that. Are you listening to me? But yet sometimes people, you know, and the reality is, as many times, you know, people like that, they're just trying to uh, uh, attract attention to themselves. They want everybody to think that they're some, you know, I remember when we first got saved, turned on the word, uh, there were some people that, you know, we crossed paths with and different things like that. Dude, they were goofy, you know, but they were supposed to be such, quote unquote, spiritual people. Well, you know, the proof of the pudding's in eating. And uh, some of those that were supposed to be so spiritual ended up on a spiritual junk heap. You know? Oh, wow. Hallelujah. Woo! 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 You know? I kind of think about them in the context of almost being spiritual cons. You know what I'm saying? You know, you just got to be careful. Praise God. Amen? A lot of times, you know, these same people, they have goofy ideas that aren't even scriptural. Huh? But people will say, well, yeah, but, you know, they said, you know, I mean, if they said it, then, well, I don't care who says it. I don't care if I say it. I'm telling you what, dude, if you can't find it in that book, then passez-vous. Move on. Because it's not God. Are you with me? No, I'll tell you what, walking in the Spirit or walking by the Spirit's divine leading can be very, very practical in our lives. And that is simply, you know, when you have the opportunity to get into a fight, you walk away. That's walking in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Back up with me here in these, these verses. Look at uh, verse uh, um, 13. Notice what it says. For brethren, you've been called to liberty, only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but again by love, what? Serve. Everybody say serve. Serve one another. Am I losing you? Come on, stay with me here for a little bit. But by love, serve one another. For all of the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But, thank God, if you be led of the Spirit of God, then you're not under the law. Hallelujah. You know, so, I, I, I mean, obviously, in reading these verses, the conflict is many times between our flesh and what it wants to do, and our heart or our spirit and what it wants to do. So you just have to side in with your heart, right? Now we're doing this God's way. Think of it this way. Think about your flesh, your body, you know, your desires over here. And then there's you, you're in the middle, you know. And, uh, and then there's the Holy Ghost here, you know, and your flesh is going, this is what we want to do, this is what we want to do. And you're going, no, nope, no, nope, we're not doing that. We're going to listen to God and we're going to go over here. Are you listening to me? That's why you got to renew your mind to the Word. So that your heart and your head can gang up on your flesh and say, shut up. Are you with me? And when you do that, then you're going down the right path so that you can have the kind of success 
you know, that God wants you. Now, I wish I could tell you that I've been successful in every area of my life, but that would be a lie. That would be a big lie. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How come I'm the one that's having to be so transparent? What about you guys? Come on. Isn't that true? You know, I mean, uh, um, no, we all have challenges. Are you listening to me? And sometimes we have not fared very well. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Amen. But here's the thing. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm improving every day. Haven't I gotten better? I knew that was, she had an opportunity and she took it, okay? And I don't blame her, I'd do the same thing because she hasn't been able to, you know, someday in heaven we'll, she'll probably get a rebuttal or something, you know, full audience on all of this. But I have to believe, praise God, I am getting better, praise God. And here's the thing, and the reason is, is because I've learned, you know, the traps of the devil and I've said, no, no, I'm not sticking my foot in there. Are you listening to me? You know, we had a deal here not, not too long ago here at the church, and, and a bunch of people were fussing. Now, it wasn't any of you that at least I'm aware of, okay? But they were fussing, you know, and about this and that and the church and whatever the case might be. And so uh, we sat down, we were talking about uh, how we are going to respond to it. And like I said, you got to be Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. So, so we hear the whole story, and we know basically uh, that there's uh, one person, basically, that's creating the problem. So when we got all done with the conversation, you know, I didn't, you know, sometimes you just need to sit and say nothing. So everybody's talking about, you know, what went down, how this all is happening, how it's impacting other people and things like that. And so when it was all over with, I said, well, boys and girls... I said, you know, we really need to behave ourselves wisely in this situation because it's a trap. The devil sets people's, he sets a trap. And unwittingly or knowingly, sometimes people can, you know, say things or do things or whatever the case might be, you know. And, uh, you know, now you could get mad at that person or you can pray for the person. We chose to pray. Are you with me? But also... Uh, coupled together with that, we decided that we were going to take action where action needed to be taken. Some things you can't do anything about, some things you can't. And, and I'm trying to be discreet in this, so I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but you get the point. You, you with me? And so as a, as a, as a matter of, you know, the, it all turned out good. Are you with me? You with me? But, you know, we could have, we like a bull in a china shop, you know, we could have went in there and said, bless God, we're going to have somebody's hide, you know, or whatever the case might be. And guess what? That wouldn't have worked out too good. So, thank God we've graduated from doing that. Amen. You know, and uh, are you listening? You know? Well, anyway, praise God. Love weighs the best way. Everybody say the love weighs the best way. Yeah, glory to God. But we need to understand, you know, um, and, and it's true, you know, like I know every one of you has experienced this before. You, you're going down the road of life, maybe you're in a, a group of people or somebody, and somebody says something, and all of a sudden, dude, bam, you are ticked. Anybody been there? Sure. Well, now you're faced with a decision. I'm going to say something. Careful. You really want to do that? Well, if you're going to say something, make sure you have it couched in the right attitude. 
Huh? Are you with me? Or maybe you shouldn't say anything at all. Huh? Or I have to keep asking whether I'm in the right house or not because, you know, um, hallelujah. Because they say these things, and sometimes it's unwitting. You know, they don't, they don't have a clue. Sometimes it's they're after a response, you know. And um, so it, it hits you wrong. And so you have, you, right then and there in that moment, you have to ask yourself what you're going to do. And, and here, here's the thing. You got, sometimes you just have to see it for what it is and just reverse the curse because it's a trap. You say, well, maybe I ain't falling for that. Huh? And you'll be so much better off if you do that. How many of you believe that? We're not to be ignorant of his devices. Glory to God. Look with me real quickly, and uh, we're coming up on our time here. But notice here in chapter uh, 5 of Galatians where we were, verse 19. Now, how can we identify the function or the manifestation of the flesh. We talked a lot about what love does. Let's talk about the flesh. In verse 19, the works of the flesh are evident or manifest, which are these. Notice it says, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Now these are all the first four are sexual sins. Are you with me? And, and the, <clears throat> the Bible makes reference to them as the works of the flesh. Because inherently, they're basically selfish intents for personal gratification in this context, right? So when God says that, you know, marriage should be between a man and a woman, and, a, and then people say, well, no, that's not, I don't like that idea. I want to do it a different way. I don't need to be married. I don't have this. I don't have to do that. Fact is, no, you don't. You can, you can do whatever you want. I mean, whatever, you know, trips your trigger. But there's a consequence to your disobedience. Because if you allow your flesh to dominate you, it'll kill you. Okay? And I didn't make the rules. Are you with me? So it says, these are the works of the flesh. Now notice in verse 20, also, there is idolatry. There's witchcraft, which is, you know, self-control, or not self-control, but controlling others. Hatred, variance, uh, emulations, um, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. People, you know, oh boy. Uh, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like, of which I tell you before, as, as I've told you in time past, that the people that do or practice such things are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, or the characteristics, is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness, goodness, faith or faithfulness, meekness, temperance or self-control. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and its desires or lusts. And then he says, if we live in the Spirit, if we're born of the Spirit of God, then let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and um, um, uh, envying one another. So there's a clear difference between these two. 
praise God, and things that we need to do and not be ignorant of the devices. You know, the Apostle Paul, he made this statement. He said, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You know, when you see something coming your way, you guys, sharpen up. Wake up. Recognize, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on here? Are you with me? Because it will alleviate so much heartache and hurt in your life if you'll do it. Now, if somebody comes and they want to fight with you, when you decide that you're not going to fight, it gets worse because it makes them matter. You know, they, they came, you know, for a deal and you just say, nope, sorry, I'm out. You know, so you just say, well, you know, when you want to talk civilly uh, with some civility, maybe that's a better way of putting it, then we can visit. But otherwise, I'm not in on this. I'm out. That's smart. Everybody say, that is smart. That's smart. Praise God. You know, the Bible says to avoid all appearance of evil. I want you to look one more scripture, uh, and then we're going to conclude. Turn to 2 Timothy. Um, <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, let's look at this verse together, and then we'll, be, we'll go down the road. Praise God. You know, uh, when Peter was writing uh, in his first letter, his first epistle, um, he said, uh, be sober, be vigilant. You know, a drunk person doesn't know what's going on. They're clueless. But if you're sober, that means you're clear-minded, clear, clear thinking. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the what? The devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may, what? Devour. It goes on then to say, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are being accomplished. In other words, your deal is not isolated. It's like, well, nobody's got it like me. Yep, everybody's got it like you. Okay? You know, it's just the devil that tells you that nobody has it like you. Okay? He wants to draw you off, isolate you, and, and say, you've got, you know, it's just so unfair. Uh, you know, it's, it's not right. You're, you're whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, victim, victim. You're not a victim. Child of God, you're a victor. So you got to see things for the way they are. But he said he walks about seeking whom? Didn't say could. And he seeks to, what's the word? To do what? Devour. That means he wants to destroy your life absolutely destroyed. Why? Because he hates. Because he's a liar. He is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. So we got to be smart and say, I resist you in Jesus' name and I will not play into your hand. And then if you do that, he's done. Because you didn't believe the lie. You didn't believe the deception. And it becomes so important for us. But see, um, I'm going to use this as our closing example, and that is one of the, I don't know, there's a lot of weapons he uses. The Bible says we're, we're not ignorant of his devices. 
Another place it talks about the wiles or the schemes. He's got more than one thing in his toolbox that he uses against people. But thank God we're getting smart or smarter. So one of the things that he uses is strife. Now, none of you have ever been in strife before, right? Huh? So I'm going to tell you about this device he uses before it happens so that you'll be equipped. And when it comes, you can say, no, uh-uh, I ain't going to do that. Notice this verse of Scripture, 2 Timothy, and we're closing. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. He's talking to Timothy. He said, flee also youthful lusts or desires, but follow uh, righteousness, faith, charity or love, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions, what are we to do? What is it we're to do? Avoid. Foolish and unlearned questions, avoid knowing, 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 knowing that they do engender or cause strife. Foolish and unlearned questions. Hmm. Praise God. Well, what do you think about this? Nothing. What do you think about this? I don't. Well, what do you think about this? Nothing. You know, uh, Brother Hagen, our spiritual father, one time was talking about a minister, and I don't remember what, I don't know, I, I don't know that he ever said, but it was some theological question, you know, that was going on, and so this guy came up to uh, the guy and said, uh, he says, what do you think about this? He goes, I don't think anything about it. He says, I only think about what the Bible says. No, 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 I know you've got an opinion. What do you think about this? And he says, well, here's what the Bible says. So he quoted some scriptures to him and things like that. And he goes, no, he says, no, tell me, tell me really how you feel. And he says, that's how I feel. I just got done reading the Bible. He says, no, nah, I know you got an opinion. What's your opinion about this? So he says, well, you know, the Bible also says, and he shared some more scriptures with him about it. And, you know, and I think he went through this deal about, you know, three or four times with the guy, and he wouldn't accept it because he wanted this guy, whoever, you know, wanted, wanted dad, we call him Dad Hagen, to side in with him. He wanted him to agree with him. And he, he finally just told me, he says, look, I've given you four or five different places in the Bible where it addresses this particular subject. And he says, and that's what I believe about it. He says, well, I'm not going to take that. He says, Bible or no Bible, I believe this. Well, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know? Are you with me? You say, can you say that? Well, kind of in this case, I think we can. You know, it's to be regretted. Because we get our little pet doctrines, you know, and we like them. You know, and we want them to be a certain way, you know. Why? Because it curries to the favor of whatever it is we think we want. Okay. You know, in, in married relationships, you know, people come up with all kind of weird ideas about what their spouse should or shouldn't do. You know, and then they take the Word of God and, you know, they say, well, you know, after all, praise God, I'm the head of the house. Really? So what does that mean? Do you define head by dictator? Or do you define it by, I'm responsible for you and I need to do everything I can to make sure that your needs are met? Well, now there's a different tune. But people do it all the time. Guys in the house, you know, they want to manipulate. They want to control. You know, they're just full of themselves. You know, 
narcissistic to the max. And, and uh, that's, those type of people are the people that maybe I would like to take out behind a shed someplace, yeah. tie them to a post, and pray for them. <laughs> you know, that really wasn't you, what you thought I would finally say, and that's not what I was finally thinking. But that's what we need to do. Because people are so blind and undone and messed up. And life could be so much better. They, they live in constant turmoil. They got, they're born holes in their stomachs because they got to have it their way. It's no way to live, you guys. And you know, time's short. Praise God. Let's do it His way. Let's follow the Master. Praise God. Did I, did I read Second Timothy? No, I didn't read it. Okay, let's read this quick, because I was about ready to shut her down. I wouldn't want you to be disappointed, you melancholies. You wouldn't know how to act. He didn't give me the last scripture. <laughs> well, I did, but notice what it says. 2 Timothy 2 and... Oh, we did read some of it. I just didn't get through it all. <laughs> Verse 23. Foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing they gender strives. And the servant of the Lord must not strive... But be gentle unto all men, able to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. Come on now. If God, preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, listen, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of who? The devil. Who are being taken captive by him at his will. That's kind of scary. So when you yield to strife, and you want to get mad at your boss or mad at your worker, co-worker or whatever, take a deep breath and say, now, is this really that big a deal? And you say, by golly, it is. It's a big deal. Well, still, take another deep breath because the reality is you don't want to go there. And you know, some of you, you work in environments where there's multiple people, you know, and, and these people, they get to talking and then pretty soon they want to drag you into their mess. Come on. And you just have to say, ah, I'm out. And, and they'll shun you then because you didn't jump in with them because they want you to agree. But you just say, I'm not having any of this mess. You want to talk about someone, why don't you go talk right to them face-to-face about your disapprovals or what you don't like or whatever the case might be. Until then, I'm done. Listen, I'm talking about being smart. Are you with me? You know, whenever we get entangled or we get drawn in or sucked into these kinds of things, you know, they can cause real problem. And like that scripture says, it's just the devil trying to kill, steal, and to destroy. And we just have to say, nope, I'm not in on that. How many glad you came today? Praise God. I just shoveled off the whole load, got it all out there. Praise God. So now all you got to do is do it. It's easy, right? Stand with me, if you would, please. You've been such great listeners. Thank you so much. Yeah, the way to victory is through the door of love. Glory to God. It's a better way to live. And I tell you what, praise God, it works. How many of you believe that? Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Thank you so very much. We're so grateful, Father God, that your love has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Help us, Father. Yes. Help us to be lovers. To love as you love. To believe the best in others. Father God, to see how it is that we can you know, help the people that are around us. 
And Father, when we have someone that is in need, God, help us to pray, not to talk, but to speak to you about the need they have in their life. While every head's bowed, every eye's closed, this morning, you know, I shared a lot of different things with you, but maybe you found a place in your life and you're saying, you know what, I know this is wrong, and I just have got to get this straightened out, and now is as good a time as any. So if you're here and you find yourself in that place and by your uplifted hand, you say, Pastor, would you uh, agree with me? I want to get this taken care of and I want to get it cleaned up in my life. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look? Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Anyone else? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Let's pray this prayer together, church. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I come to you today. I ask you right now, forgive me, Lord, for speaking disparagingly or harshly about anyone. Father, I take my hands and my heart off of them. I ask you to forgive me I pray for them, Lord. I ask you to help them, bless them, and show them the right way in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you for these precious folks. I thank you, Lord God, for the Spirit of God in them that leads them in the way they should go. And I thank you, Lord, that in the days ahead that we'll be able to let our light shine to the world that is around us, that we'll be able to be salt, that we'll be able to be light, and that grace will rest upon us, Father God, because of your holy written word and because of the Spirit of God in us. So God, again, thank you, Father. As we receive our offering this morning, Lord, I want to thank you for leading each and every one of us. Thank you, Father, that every need we have is met, every bill's paid. I thank you, Father, for an abundance and no lack in each and every life in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Praise God. You may be seated.